You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Daniel Mateo back in the studio with us. Welcome, Daniel. G'day, mate. How are you? Not too bad. How are you today? Yeah, yeah, going well. Yeah, feeling good. Awesome. Nice day today. It is, yeah. At least it's not raining. We had a bit of rain earlier in the week. Um, Daniel, today we're going to be talking about some political stuff, and uh, I guess the story of the hour is that Nancy Pelosi has landed in Taiwan uh, last night. Uh, causing a few tensions in the area. <laughs> Gutsy lady, eh? Yeah. You, know, I was, I, you might not uh, agree with everything she might have said or done over the course of her political career, but, but at least I was I was very Im- sort of impressed with her courage in following through with that trip. And, uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, very interested to see where that goes, that's for it sure. It will be interesting to see. There's mm. uh, definitely some sensitivities in that area and threats, mm. uh, threats being flown around, so... Mm-hmm. Let's uh, hope that um, we see continued peace, yeah. relative peace in the area. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a pretty tense kind of situation around the world at the moment. So uh, It is, yeah. particularly uh, with mm. what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Mm. and mm-hmm. it's uh, There's certainly some um, political upheavals going on at the moment. Well, look, the good thing about it, Jace, is that... Uh, you know, Jesus sort of predicted these times in world history, and he said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. He said, don't, don't be worried about it. These things must happen. The end isn't yet. But, you know, when you see it all begin to syndicate together, you know that you can look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. And we just look at these things, these some of these rumblings around the world, and we can just know we're just another day closer to, to going home to be with God. So, mm. you know, it's re- we're ready to, yeah, ready to go. <laughs> So, um, as mentioned, the, today's uh, program title is called The Bible as Politics, and you've been doing a series of The Bible as uh, yeah, programs right. uh, on the program that uh, we call Drawing from the Well. I want to remind our listeners you can go back and listen to all of the past episodes, The Bible as All Sorts of Things. The last one was The Bible as Parenting Coach. I've been quite fascinated with the things that uh, Daniel's managed to uh, put together here as... as uh, collections of i guess wisdom from the bible that uh, we can we can gain jason the, the bible speaks to so many different aspects on our lives you know mm. some people think about it look this is just a book of religion or it's a book of morals or maybe even a book of stories but you know the 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 insights that we can get from Scripture into every every single aspect, every, you know, we can we can get insight into into so much. You know, good advice, just plain wisdom. Even if we're not a believer, there's good advice in there for things like finances and so forth, as we've spoken about previously. Mm. You know, so yeah, it's it's just a great book to study and to understand. And I'm I'm just so sad that increasingly we're living in a biblically illiterate culture you know people don't even know what's in there they just assume it's you know not worth reading when there's just so much to be had Mm, absolutely Mm. now uh, you can go back and listen to those episodes uh, well worth listening to on the faith fm app download that from your app store whether you've got a google um, android type phone or a 
uh, an Apple phone, the Faith FM Australia app is available in the App Store. Also, you can listen on the website, faithfm.com.au. You can find every one of our past programs is up there and you can listen to it. But not only that, you can listen live as well. So if you've got a, a problem with reception or if you're driving along somewhere, you can fire up the Faith FM app and you can listen to our programs live. Now, today we will have some a book offer um, later in the program. But not only that, uh, we'd love to have your questions or your thoughts on various things that we ask during the program. So we encourage you to communicate with us on our text number. This is the text number for Tassie Encounters, 0488 We'd love to hear from you. Um, Daniel was just saying earlier today that he'd love to do a program of just answering people's questions about the Bible. So yeah, I'd love that, or anything really, but yeah, yeah. specifically about, uh, about religious issues. So yeah. if you've got uh, questions, any questions, feel free to text them in. We might gather them together and, and do a program at some point based on all of the questions that uh, you have sent in to us. But right now, I think we need to get into our program today, The Bible as Politics. And uh, I think you've got a bit of a story to kick us off, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, well, when I, when I was a kid, I remember my um, my we used to have uh, family get-togethers. Like re- no, not really quite a reunion. Like the family would get together over the, over the school holidays and mm. uh, at my grandparents' house. And uh, yeah, I remember my uh, my granddad would be sort of sitting around reading the paper and talking about uh, you know whatever the, the prime minister was doing or whatever. And no one was really that interested, honestly. You know, grand, granddad was quite interested in those sorts of things, but everyone else was sort of used to groan and you know roll their eyes and say, oh, you know, granddad's talking about these things again. And what what I found when I was a younger person was. I guess people had their politics. Obviously, they voted, but it, it just wasn't a it wasn't a big part of I guess what people talked about from day to day. It didn't have a big influence on the on the way they lived their lives. And as, a, as particularly over the last I guess ten maybe fifteen years, I think that we have been really profoundly influenced in Australia by well, I think by um, some of the polarization in politics in the United States in particular. There's an awful lot of that going on. Mm, but, but here as well, you know. Yeah, mm. go on. What were you going to say? The, the, the gap between, I guess, the, the you know, typically we have, we have in the US and Australia these two major parties or two major political schools, I guess, and the gap seems to be getting wider and wider. No, that's right. And, mm. and what I've found is that, that Christians will have begun to identify very strongly with one side or the other of politics. You know, mm. we talk about right and le- left, we talk about red and blue, we talk about liberal and conservative. Mm. And um, and so th- there's groups of Christians that might see themselves, you know, identified more on the on the liberal side of things and then there's Christians that see themselves more on the on the conservative side of things and and these will often be identified with a particular political party as well, you know, and mm. and very strongly. And look, it, it's a bit of a concern to me actually because political political parties all lie political parties all do stuff wrong mm. and behave in ways that are you know is i guess antithetical to our faith and when we attach ourselves to a to a party in that way and we um and we begin to demonize particularly demonize the other side and say look you know if i'm a believer i'm going to vote this way and you know everyone else is wrong and, and we identify ourselves that strictly we also fall into the trap of attaching ourselves to the mistakes that they make as well mm. and defending them and uh, and i think that that's a mistake yeah mm. sorry go on i was just um 
yeah, thinking about that demonization, uh, certainly we see it um, either side. You know, if, if, we, if we're identifying as a Christian and then we start to demonize particularly individuals and, and personalities and we try to cancel them you know, because, yeah, right. because uh, we have to bring up everything negative, that, that's completely contrary to what the Bible teaches us as Christians. Absolutely. And, and you know, we may justify that on the basis of, well, you know, they, they, you know we want to be in favor of social justice or compassion, or we might justify or it. Truth on, or whatever it is. On the other side, yeah. exactly, of truth or morality, you know, mm. that's on the, on the right-hand side. But um, still, what, what we're really doing ultimately is justifying our own unbiblical behavior and attitudes. Mm. And so sometimes as believers, we've got to really have a pretty close look at ourselves, be very reflective, meditative, introspective, think about why is it that I feel this way? Why is it I'm reacting this way? What maybe that these people are saying is good, what maybe isn't so good, and I'm going to make a decision that, that I follow Jesus. I'm not going to be following you know, the, the prime minister. I'm not going to be following some political party. I'm following Jesus, and where those political parties happen to line up with Jesus, well, that's good. But I'm not afraid to, you know, step away from them if, you know, if they start to walk down down a track that's against him. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. So, yeah, go on. So, do you want to just give us a, a brief overview of uh, where we're going to go uh, today in our program? Yeah, definitely. So we're gonna we're gonna have a look through a few um, scriptural passages of. Uh, where the Bible's going to show us exactly how to relate to um, politics. It's going to um, teach us, I guess, where we should put our allegiances regarding politics and, and how we should, uh, should be guided by that. And look, maybe we can just make one point really quickly. Can you please read Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 3? Is that all right? Yeah, it says, uh, this is reading from the New International Version. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of one in authority? Then do what is right, and you'll be commended. Okay, so here Paul is talking about, talking particularly to Christians that are going against the the laws of the land on what we might call a micro level mm. okay so this is like stealing from their neighbors or yeah. you know i i want to drive at 150 kilometers an hour <laughs> you got it. and you know that's right and so the there's an idea here that god has instituted a certain level level of of social order you know in order f- and and that that is actually enforced by uh, by force in order to um you know preserve peace and safety and that is something that christians should abide by it's what it's not talking about is at a moral and conscientious and ethical and philosophical level which you know obviously we all have freedom to to make our own choices and have our own beliefs in that area so we'll talk about a little bit more about that as we go on yeah mm, awesome We've got a question for you this morning. Have a think about this question and we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488-880-891. If you were a politician, what's one change you would make? Okay, so if you're a politician, what's a change you would make? We'd love to hear from you this morning. This is If We're Honest by Francesca Battistelli. Safer than the light, and everyone. 
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with Daniel Matteo this morning on the topic of the Bible as politics. And before the break we asked you a question. Uh, text us in your answer to this on 0488-880-891. What's one change you would make if you were a politician? Now earlier we were also reading Romans chapter 13 verse 1 to 3 and uh, it talks about not rebelling against governing authorities since God ultimately allowed those authorities to exist and uh, just wondering if you've got anything more to say about that point before we move on. Yeah. <clears throat> Thanks, Jace. Yeah. Look, my, my point really there was that what Paul's saying here to the Roman church is that a Christian ought to obey the law of the land, you know, as far as it doesn't uh, contradict their principles. It ought to, uh, he ought to be a responsible neighbor um, a good citizen, uh, somebody that uh, that that uh, is a contributing part of the community. You know, basically an exemplary um, person. You know, somebody that's upstanding and and pe- other people look to as a, as a leader and a, of um, you know example and moral virtue. You know, and so when Christians behave contrary to this 
you know, let's say, get involved in criminal behavior or whatever, they're bringing disrepute, you know, to Scripture and, and to mm. God. So, mm. yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about taxes? Taxes are uh, one of those certainties, apparently. Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Death and taxes, yeah. Absolutely, you know. Well, look, have a look in, uh, in verse 6 of the same chapter, and, uh, and then we'll uh, flip over to Matthew in a second. It says in verse 6 of chapter 13 of Romans, This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Now, now I do know Christians that uh, will kind of do their best to try and dodge up avoiding taxes, and and maybe they might even be dishonest in doing that. You know, I've I've met people that as they're relating to the, the government, they think, oh, well, the government's making choices I don't agree with, therefore... Um, you know, it's okay for me to maybe do a few dodgy receipts in my tax return or do this, that and the other because, you know, after all, you know, I'm not giving money to something that I don't support. But look, here, Jesus does something really interesting in Matthew twenty two twenty one. Can you read that for me, please? Sure, I'll get that out. Matthew 22, verse uh, 21. It sort of starts um, halfway through a sentence in a way, but Caesar, Caesar replied to a statement that... Uh, uh, Jesus asked, whose image is this on the coin? Mm. And uh, Caesar's, um, they said, Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. It's a really interesting um, uh, conundrum that these uh, leaders had come to Jesus with because uh, they wanted to trap him. You know, that he had an audience that had a, had a Roman government, a foreign oppressing power that was ruling over them. And uh, and one of the ways that those people would show a little bit of resistance against the Roman government would be to avoid paying taxes, you know. And uh, and so the leaders wanted to put Jesus in a bit of a trap where they caught him between his audience and the Roman governors. And so they came to him and said, should we pay taxes to Rome? And he, if he had have said no, uh, then he would have been in trouble with the civil authorities. But if he say, had have said yes, then he would have been in trouble with his audience. So mm. they really wanted to crush him here. Mm. And and he does something really amazing. He says, bring me a coin. And they brought it to him and he says, whose inscription is on this? And they said, it is. That's obviously Caesar. It's a Roman authority. He says, well, you know, just give it back. The, look, the idea is um, the, the position Jesus takes here is not that he agrees with and is supporting everything that Rome did because he made it clear that he didn't in a number of ways. But, um, but rather that... The whole monetary system is based on worldly power, whereas he was introducing a new kingdom, a new authority. And by the way, our king owns the cattle on a thousand hills and is well able to provide for his children. And so we don't have to worry about trying to be dishonest in order to conserve resources for ourselves because we've got, you know, the ultimate king and provider taking care of us, you know. So just do what's right. You know, I I, I want to make sure that I pay the government what uh, what they expect by the way not one cent more <laughs> I'll just be clear on that <laughs> uh, you know not one cent more and I, I sort of do the best I can to make sure I've, I've um, you know been as accurate as possible when I'm doing my tax return but I, I need to give them what, what I owe them yeah, according to scripture I'm, I'm stepping into dangerous territory here but um, I've just been to the US and on the way back uh, we visited uh, a friend in um, the Cayman Islands and of course, Cayman Islands is known as a bit of a tax haven because they have zero tax on business uh, income. Um, of course, you pay you pay your taxes in uh, sales tax on everything that you buy there. So you know they sort of get their revenue in other ways. But uh, I just find this a little bit interesting that um, that island—it's a population of about sixty-four thousand people. Um, 
there is a huge percentage of Christians who live on the island of the Grand Cayman Island. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to put that together in my head. I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> well, look, uh, you know, whatever the law of the land is, if you're not doing something illegal... They're not you know, doing anything illegal. Yeah, not doing anything and, illegal. and I don't know. But sometimes we can push the boundaries of these things. You know, people people pay, very wealthy people can pay advisors and stuff to, to move their assets into places that are tax-sheltered and stuff. And I don't know. Well, I'm not in that situation, thankfully, so no, I don't have to worry too I, much I, about it. I don't it. earn enough money to warrant doing that sort but, of thing. Uh, so. But I, would, I, I think that, uh, you know, if if it's that complicated, there's there's probably a desire, you know, that you might be walking walking the, at least a line with dishonesty there, you know. And so we ought to be upfront, um, transparent, and honest with what we do and how we do it as we relate to the government for sure. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, go. Yeah. Well, um, just moving on to your next point there, um, that uh, scripture teaches us how to acknowledge earthly politicians. It eh? does. And so we're back in Romans 13 now. Yeah. Would you like to just flip back to that for yeah, a second? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Mm. Verse 7 and 8, yeah. So uh, verse 7 says, Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. Mm. Interesting. Mm. So, and verse 8 says, Let no debt remain extend, ex- outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Mm. Yeah. So uh, in the context of respect and honour, um, do you want to just unpack that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, we, we've, we talked about taxes. That's a financial owing. But then, you know, there is, uh, in, d- depending on what culture and society a believer might find themselves in, there's also a little bit of um, uh, social norms, social practices around uh, respect. Now, we don't, we don't have a whole lot of that in Australia, namely because, um, you know, we're, we tend to be fairly anti-formal as a we, culture. We like to cut the tall poppy down. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, look, we're not just informal, we're anti-formal. We dislike mm. it. We, mm. we, we despise formality, actually. And uh, you can relate better as a leaders try and present themselves as the everyman in order to get respect rather than, you know, mm. with someone that's high. But but that's not the same everywhere. And definitely in this culture, it was very hierarchical, you know. And so, you know, if you, for example, you know, I, I would disagree with the Jehovah's Witness position that, um, you know, that we shouldn't show any respect to things like the flag or, you know, things like that. I think that, that that's probably not in line with the principle that's presented here. You know, if there's things that don't contradict our faith, you know, we, we can, you know, address our local political leader respectfully. Mm. You know, we can make sure that when the policeman pulls us over on the side of the road that we're interacting with them in a respectful and calm manner mm. and, and, uh, and you know, com- sort of uh, cooperating with what we're being asked to do without getting angry mm. or, you know, or entitled in the way that we um, we behave ourselves, yeah. I know for me personally, I've um, struggled with, I guess, respect for authority at times in my life. Um, not not that I've been a real rebel, but, but uh, yeah, at, at times I've, I've had that sort of, I think, underlying uh, desire to, uh, you know, rebel <laughs> against, against uh, authority. But... One thing that uh, dawned on me recently when it came to people in positions of leadership or power or whatever it is, whether it be the prime minister or, you know, even church leaders, that even sometimes that we may disagree with them, I've, I've thought to myself, well, you know, this person has much experience in life. They have uh, worked in the field. They have attained a position of leadership 
even if I can't see it, there must be something about this leader, this person who um, has has made you know got into that position that um, is worthy. You know, and so even if I can't see it. I will assume that they are worthy of some respect and honour. Look, if nothing else, it's a very tough job, leadership. Mm, it is, yeah. And, and it's the easiest thing in the whole world to criticise a leader. Mm. It really is. Mm. And uh, But it's another thing entirely to lead well. Mm. And, uh, and you know, I... Uh, I'm a, I'm a pastor, you know, I'm in leadership, not not political leadership, but, you know, in spiritual leadership. And, you know, when I was, uh, I guess, not a, a pastor before I was in ministry, when I, when I was studying to be a pastor, even when I was a student, I would totally mentally judge all of the pastors that I, was, I thought, man, you know, if I was in that position, I'd just do this, that, and that, and all of these problems would be solved. You know, why are they so incompetent? And we do that. Australians in particular, we're great mm. armchair politicians. Yeah. You know, we watch a two-minute news item and say, oh, the stupid government, why don't we just do this and then everything would be fixed? We have no idea the sorts of, um, you know, things that they're trying to hold in check and keep up in the air and, and, and all of the people they're trying to keep happy at once. And you know, it's just it's just a very very tough job, and and engenders a lot of criticism. And mm. so, well, I think it's important to disagree. It's important to process decisions and, and work out what's right and wrong, or work out what could have been done better. But we ought to always respect that this is a very difficult situation. It's a difficult know? situation, and we don't see a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> For and, sure, and, and we make judgments only on what we can see, not what we can't see. And so, absolutely, yeah. and and quite often we might even find that if if we knew what they knew, that we might actually be doing the same things that they've done because exactly. some, sometimes they've got the, the you know they're trying to make the best decision with a bad pick mm. by the way we do this with god as well and i just want to make that point since we're talking about spiritual things mm. all the time we say well god should have just fixed all of this or god should have just done that or why doesn't god do this we have no idea if, if poli- earthly politicians and leaders struggle with things down here so so much more god who's dealing with you know nine billion human lives and infinite decisions and consequences and the way that they interact with each other you know we all to understand that God, as the infinite judge, is is able to to make the right choices. Yeah, it's time for another break. Uh, we'd love to hear from you this morning. Uh, tell us what's one change you would make if you were poli- uh, a politician. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. What's one change you would make if you were a politician? Our free book offer for today, we'll give you more details later, is called The Next Superpower. But right now, this is For the Beauty of the Earth by Eclipse Six. Oh, uh-huh. 
Made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Daniel Matteo on the series Drawing from the Well, and we've been speaking about the Bible as politics. What can we learn from the Bible about politics? Now, Daniel, they say never discuss religion or politics. That's, I guess, if you want to keep your friends. <laughs> but today we're talking about both, I guess. And uh, I'm yeah. just uh, We wondering... haven't strangled each other yet, no, so it's going well. we've been going really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I'm just wondering if you can give us some tips on, uh, you know, when we, we have uh, people of different perspectives, how should we handle that? How should we live in this world where we have divided opinions? Well, look, I love the little... Um truism that you just quoted because that was something that was often said when I was a young person but I've actually come to disagree with it and Mm. I I didn't question it um, until I actually saw you know so much of people's attitudes is changed by memes these days I saw a meme on Twitter you know and uh and it said, I was taught to never discuss tw- uh, religion or politics, but what I should have been taught is how to discuss these things, you know, with understanding. And, and, yeah. and I thought about it, and it's really true. Mm. Um, the reason why people don't like discussing these things is because they find they lead to arguments. And what that means is that we haven't been taught tools how to disagree and how to listen to one another with love and with understanding and toleration. <laughs> and that, to me, is a real problem. And, and as a result, we become conflict avoidant. And you see it all the time on social media. You know, initially somebody gets on social media and they will have a lot of strong opinions and they'll get into a lot of arguments and they put things that are inflammatory and they you know, fight and argue. And then after a while, the arguing, you get this conflict burnout yeah. where you just don't want to <clears throat> fight anymore. And so you, what you, it actually keeps you silent. You refrain from saying things that are important to you because you just don't want to engender conflict. And so mm. people just shut up. And and uh, I, often I think um, people do uh, risk losing friendships over 
you know. Isn't they, that they sad? Thing. It's very sad. Isn't that sad for a political idea, which really isn't a tangible thing? It's mm. it's it's something that happens in my brain mm. that somebody will refuse to have a relationship with me on the basis mm. of something that I think or believe. You know, I mean, and, and we really ought to be able to have these sort of discussions in a way that's um, positive and contributing to understanding of each other and understanding of different ideas, rather than. Um, just simply condemning somebody because they think differently. Absolutely. And so that's what Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 teaches us. And often we talk about this. This is the fruit of the Spirit, you know, um, and, you know, kids sing songs about it. But actually this is presented by Paul um, from in a legal framework. So mm. if you want to go ahead and read that for me, please. Yeah, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law that's it and so um, Paul's actually addressing a bunch of Christians that are struggling because sometimes their laws of their land are actually contradicting their faith and Paul says look (coughs) this is the way that you can behave and there's no law in the world that you're going to break if you behave in this way, that mm. if you allow the Holy Spirit to do the do love, to do joy, to do peace, patience, and so forth through you. And that ought to be as it pertains to political discussion also. Mm. You know, we ought to be able to interact with one another on these subjects in a way that is tolerant and in a way that is understanding, in a way that agrees to disagree. Hey, in a, a way that acknowledges that even if I really believe that I'm right and you're wrong, I, I got to give you the right to have an opportunity to grow you know, because I didn't arrive at what I think overnight. You know, mm. I went on a growth process to arrive at it. So why why should I be angry at you for not necessarily being where I am? You know, mm, absolutely. Even, even if I think I'm right and you're wrong. So, mm. you know, the, that ability to to I guess reach down and show love and toleration for one another is really really important. And so when we're looking at uh, different political ideas, ideologies, um, thoughts, and even uh, politicians themselves. Um, what can we learn from Scripture that helps us how to value or how to evaluate um, those things? Oh, look, that's so important. And I, you know, I was really disturbed to see that, you know, during sort of a recent election uh, in the United States, I, I saw posted on the on the uh, on the internet that some churches that have even created how to vote cards, mm. like churches had, mm. and distributed them to their members. Mm. You know that. Um, uh, this had been the situation in order to try and say, you know, that we've got to ally ourselves with this particular person or party. I, I think that what the Bible teaches us is not which party to vote for. Mm. It teaches us principles for which we can appraise that. And particularly when we come to the Ten Commandments, these are the most important principles in Scripture. And Jesus said that these are all about love for God and love for others. And it also presents a hierarchy of authority. God comes first, mm. you know, then family, then others, then myself. And so I want to, when I'm looking at the policies and when I'm trying to figure out who to vote for, it's not just a matter of, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I guess what they say or, or who my church told me to vote for or whatever. I want to understand what is, what is it that they stand for in some of these things. And if, mm. if I have a look at things that are important to me, what I'm going to find is every political party has stuff that I disagree with mm. and goes against what I think is right. And every, all of them have stuff I agree with. Mm. And sometimes I just got to do the best I can. And it's hard sometimes, mm-hmm. isn't it, to it uh, is. to decide well who, who is it that you're going to vote for? Because I I agree, you know, sometimes there's there's really good things on either side, mm. and there are things that I don't agree with on either side. So yeah, you just got to make the best mm. decision that you can. Well, the great thing about it though is that and look, if we're honest with ourselves, every single person 
in the world has to deal with political situations. And mm. I'm not just talking about country politics now. You've got your politics at work. You've got your politics at your family. I like to, um, I guess, as a joke, mix up something that Jesus said once. He once said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Mm. Sometimes I like to joke, where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, there you have politics. And because that's exactly what happens. If you have more than one person in a room for, for long enough, eventually there'll be, there'll be some sort of power play that ends up happening somewhere or other. And that happens. So how do we behave in that situation? You know, how do we respond to it? When we see people playing games at work or trying to manipulate the situation or, or get in around and do this and do that, what should we do? Jesus lets us know. Would you like to read Matthew ten sixteen for me, please? It says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. There's a principle there of being as wise as a serpent, mm. but as innocent as a dove. And that, when I first read Jesus' teaching on that, I was really con- like I was confused. Mm. Why does Jesus... Because Sh- uh, uh, go as on. shrewd as snakes, that sounds... Yeah, well, not, it sounds evil, yeah, right? I mean, um, well, in the Bible, a, a serpent is a symbol of sin and Satan. Mm, you know, mm. right from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, it's mm. a symbol of either sin or Satan, one or the other, sometimes both. And uh, and so, what, but it doesn't say Jesus doesn't say he wants us to sin. He doesn't say he wants us. To be like Satan, he says he wants us to be as wise as. Mm. In, in other words, you've got to be able to look at these situations and understand what's really going on. You can see people playing the games, but you're going to be as harmless and innocent as a dove. In other words, you're not going to play. Mm. And when I see people, you know, spreading rumors or trying to do this and that, I don't want to descend to that level. I'm going to keep my behavior high and elevated. And I'm not going to play those games. I'm going to do what's right. You know what I mean? And, and even if it means sometimes I have to lose the lose the, the little battle of whatever's going on, you know, in the situation I'm struggling with, that uh, that I might have to lose a battle here or there. But I know that I've maintained true to my honesty, my integrity, and my principles. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It reminds me too, um, I think it's in James chapter 1, but I might be wrong, where um, <clears throat> it says, if we lack wisdom... Oh, beautiful. Ask, Mm. ask, and God will give us wisdom. And sometimes I think in these sort of situations where we're trying to establish, you know, are are they lying? Are they telling the truth? You know, what's the right thing to do? How do I make decisions in this environment? Then I think uh, we should seek God's wisdom. Absolutely. And, you know, not all of us have got, uh, you know, a bit of understanding into the games that people play in social Mm. situations. And and we can be blindsided by it when someone pretends to be our friend and is spreading rumors or or trying to get everyone around against us. And we don't find out until the last minute. You know, I mean, it's a tough thing and we don't we're not always equipped to be able to see it before it happens. But Mm. as we walk with God, he promises to give us wisdom and also to give us the courage to to step into sometimes conflict situations if we need to, to say, no, I'm not going to play this game anymore. I'm going to go directly and talk to this person and work it out. And if they're not willing to um, uh, to uh, to proceed with trying to reconcile, then I'm going to uh, put up a boundary in the relationship, yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm interested in the next point you've got here. I'm not sure if we've got time to, to talk about it right well, now. Well, I do believe, I'll just, I'll just give a little bit of a teaser, I do believe that that the Bible teaches us which political power to ally ourselves and, with. And, and that's why I'm interested, because yeah. I'm sure earlier you said that, you know, maybe we shouldn't align ourselves with any political power. So yeah, No, the Bible tells us which one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back and, and, yeah. and listen uh, to what Daniel's got to say on that. Mm. Um, now, our book offer for today is called The Next Superpower, Ancient Prophecies, Global Events, and Your Future. This is by Mark Finley. 
A king has a troubling dream about a magnificent image and a huge boulder that smashes the whole thing to pieces. What does it all mean? A prophet offers an amazing interpretation. In turn, four kingdoms would conquer the world, and in turn, four kingdoms would fall. Never again would the world be ruled by one power, though many would try until the very end of time. There will be wars, the prophet declared. Crime, lawlessness, immorality, disasters of every description. Then a superpower of unimaginable strength and influence will brighten our planet like a star bursting in the heavens. The prophet predicted, and it will last forever. A dreaming king, an ancient prophecy spanning two and a half thousand years, fulfilled in every particular, well, almost. Only the last event is yet to happen. Are you, and you're sitting on the front row of the universe. Now, this relates very much to our program that we're running on uh, Tuesdays, which is mm. the studying the book of Daniel. Yes. Uh, but it also has a lot to do with politics. Mm. So it's a great book to get hold of. Uh, we'll be giving three copies away, and after the break, we will give you the code for this. This is Chris Rice with This Is My Father's World. This is my father's word, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. This is my father's world, I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees. Of skies and seas, his hand the wonders wrought. This is my father's world, the birds their carols raise, the morning light, the lily white, declare their maker's praise. This is my Father's world He shines in all that's fair In the rustling grass I can hear Him pass He speaks to me everywhere This is my Father's world Oh, let me ne'er forget That though the wrong seems oft so strong God is the ruler, yeah This is my Father's world The battle is not done Jesus who died will be satisfied and heaven be one This is my Father's world The battle is not done Jesus who died will be satisfied And earth and heaven be one And earth and heaven be one And earth and heaven be You're 
You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're finishing up our program with Daniel Mateo on the pop, the topic. <laughs> I'm getting my the uh, words. The topic, the bobic, <laughs> uh, the topic of the Bible as politics. Now, before the break, we offered a free book giveaway. The next superpower, ancient prophecies, global events, and your future. We've got three copies to give away, and the code for today is draw eighteen. Draw one eight, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, Daniel, uh, you've got something to say that's in relation to this uh, book, in the, or certainly the book of Daniel. Oh, absolutely. Look, you know, the thing, one of the things I love about Scripture, particularly the book of Daniel, as it, um, I guess, predicted all of those political powers that would rise and fall and right up till the end of time, you mm. know, we're right down in the, in the very end of his prophecies right now, is, is that it just teaches us that God is ultimately in control. And for so many of us, we look to political leaders to solve all of our problems, mm. you know, and... Um, we're trying to uh, hope that, oh, well, you know, if, if my person gets in, then they'll make this change and that'll, that'll, that'll work things out. And then when they don't get in, you know, we go, oh, no, now the whole, the whole world's going to go to pot and we, we get all worried about it. Look, God is in control ultimately. He may agree and disagree with what individual politicians do. You know, they may or may not be in line with his principles, but he knows the end from the beginning and he is working out his purposes through all of it. Mm. And uh, it's just a matter of time till we get to go home. And that is the, that's the, the amazing thing about this. So before the break, we, we um, oh, did talking a little about bit. Which, which political power we should al- ally, ally ourselves, ourselves with yes. as believers. You got it. So would you like to read from Joshua, please? We're going to read, uh, read about a big political um, contest between Joshua and the people of Jericho. And, and God lets us know exactly what side he's on. All right. So. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Beautiful. All right. So this is uh, to my brothers and sisters that maybe believe that uh, Jesus is a member of the Labor Party or the Liberal Party or or a Democrat or a Republican. And some people really think that way, you know. Mm. I'm sorry. When Joshua said to Jesus, and you know what, Joshua was the commander of of God's people. Mm. And he went up to this... uh, you know, well, it's, it's called the uh, the commander of the army of the Lord, and he said, "Are you for us or our enemies?" And and we believe this is Jesus before he came to earth. You know, this is uh, this is God, uh, Jesus, in um, you know pre incarnate is what we call it. And he says in verse fourteen of uh, of Joshua chapter uh, oh, what, what chapter are we in? Sorry, uh, chapter we're five, in jo- right? Jo- Joshua mm. five. Yeah. He says, "Neither, I'm on neither side." Mm. He's God. You know, he doesn't descend to, to you know, to enter. Well, he interacts with human history, but he doesn't take sides as it pertains to human squabbles. He is interested in everybody's salvation and ultimate positive outcome, you know. And as a result, he maintains his his power over and above these earthly um, earthly political powers. He says, neither, but I'm commander of the army of the Lord. I'm not on your side. I'm not on their side. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm God. And so Joshua falls face down in front of him in reverence. And, uh, and really, I believe that ought to be our response. When Jesus came to this earth, he started preaching. And, he, and you know what he preached? He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. 
And as a result, all of his friends thought, oh, great, you know, we're going we're gonna to start rebelling against the Romans. We're going to be in charge. But he never yeah. did that. No, and, that, and that's what they're expecting as well, when they, that the, the Messiah would come and overthrow the Romans. And Well, this is the problem, is they yeah. didn't understand Joshua 5, because mm. they thought that, you know, did you know Jesus is a, like an anglicized version of the Hebrew name Joshua? Joshua, that's right. So yeah. they thought when, when the Messiah came, he was going to be like Joshua. He was going to be mm. a conquering kind commander. of commander. <laughs> yeah. But they missed this bit. Mm. You know, the angel of the Lord, the, the commander of the angel, of the armies of the Lord, rather, is what I meant to say, is is who he is. And he's not on either side. And so when he comes down, he says, the kingdom of God has come. And it's not just for, you know, you people that have got the Bible. It's for everybody. Everyone's invited. And, um, and it's within you is another thing he said. You know, it's not something that we can see physically around us. And sometimes it has to do with you know, positive relationships with um, with worldly politics, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they're going to say things that are counter to this. So, what what should a believer do, particularly when we're we are call, call, we're caused to be at odds in our consciences with what the government has decreed? Yeah, that's that's a question that um, I think I was going to ask earlier. But mm. uh, yeah, if the laws start to dictate things that are opposed to our religious convictions. How do we handle that? Well, if we want to follow Jesus, let's read John chapter 19, verse 8 to 11, because this is exactly the position that Jesus himself was put into. It says, When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Not sure what he heard. We'd need to read yeah, the, yeah. the bit yeah, before, of, but anyway. Context isn't relevant. <laughs> Where do you come from, he asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said. Don't you realize I have the power to either free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Okay. So Jesus didn't do anything wrong, right? Nothing. Mm. He was a, he didn't do actually he didn't break the law of the land mm. or God's law either. Mm. So he wasn't even necessarily put in that situation. He just he was just he just wasn't liked by the uh, religious leaders. There you go. <laughs> and so he's placed in front of Pilate and Pilate gives him a give, asks him a question which he's obligated by the law to answer and he just stays silent. And so Pilate pulls him up on this. And Jesus said, look, you know, ultimately you're not in charge, mate. I'm sorry. Mm. You know, I answer to a higher power. And by the way, his disciples were put in a, in a different, in, in a similar situation when the local leaders told them not to talk about Jesus anymore. They, they said, you know, you're not allowed to have that religious freedom of sharing your faith and freedom of speech. And, and they said, well, judge for yourself. Should we do what God says or what man says? Mm. So what I think is um, when we're placed in those sorts of situations, if um, we are led to a position of non-violent non-cooperation, mm. and uh, this is why I'm a big fan of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know, he was a um, he was a minister. Uh, I believe he was a Lutheran minister, uh, a doctor of theology, and uh, he obviously was a big leader of the of the civil rights movement in the United States. And he had actually organized groups of young people to go into places where they were constitutionally, as citizens, allowed to go, but that. I guess the local laws had said they weren't allowed to go because of the color of their skin. And they just went in and they just did it. And people came and started swearing at them and spitting at them and being violent. And they just didn't react. They just... Calmly. Mm. Non-violent, non-cooperation, mm. you know. And I, I got a lot of respect for that. They, you know, that, their movement really changed the world, mm. really did. And mm. by the way, so did what Jesus did in front of Pilate <coughs> that day. Reminds yeah. me of Nelson Mandela as well, in that uh, he, I don't think, ever called for violence in... Uh, in uprising in Africa, mm. South Africa. Um, yeah, awesome. Um, is there anything you'd like to just uh, 
sum up with today? We've got oh, another minute or so. Hi, do we? Yeah, no, great. Look, uh, just I guess in myself, I, I'm really watching the emerging political situation around the world, you know, with a fair bit of concern because I believe that at the end of the day, when we abandon the idea of a higher power, when we abandon the idea of, a, of an ultimate judge in the world that's ultimately in charge and is going to bring righteousness and justice and work things out at the end, when we throw that idea out the window, which our society increasingly is, political power and control is all that's left. Yeah, and, and uh, it becomes a religion. Yeah, it becomes a religion. It's mm. a replacement for religion, mm. and it, it becomes the most important thing in the whole world to people. Mm. Um, and so as a result, you know, people have become so angry and intolerant and passionate about, about political issues because for them it's the most important thing in the whole world. But when we look at Scripture, we can see that, look, okay, the, the person I voted for might not be in charge now, but God's still in control. I don't have to lose my mind, mm. you know, every time someone says something politically I don't agree with. And I hope that we can take that on board, yeah. Yeah, learning to have those the fruit of the spirit as we learned earlier mm. to to have patience with people, beautiful to, to be gentle in our approach, not to avoid uh, discussion, but um, to do it in a way that's kind and gentle. Next week on drawing from the well, what have you got for us, Daniel? Well, I think we might have a look at the Bible as prophecy. I mean, since we've, I mean, you're looking at Daniel on chapter, uh, sorry, on uh, on Tuesday. So I'm going to have to um, sort of stay away from the Book of Daniel, maybe a little <laughs> bit. But I believe what the, one of the amazing things that the Bible does is uh, is is predict the future before it happens, and I think that's very interesting to people. So we'll we'll talk on how to understand. Really, what we're talking about is how to understand Bible prophecy next time. Awesome, and of course tomorrow we've got David Maxwell with his title uh, "Feeding the Hungry" on his series "Reflecting." Jesus. So we do hope you can join us tomorrow with David Maxwell. Remember the code for today's free book offer, The Next Superpower, Ancient Prophecies, Global Events and Your Future. 0488880891 is the number. Text that into draw 18. Sorry, text draw 18 into 0488880891. Just a final reminder, is God for real tonight? Uh, with Peter Watts in Glenorchy. If you're listening in Tasmania, Georgia's on the park. Don't miss out on this. This is happening from 7 p.m. tonight, and there'll be two programs, 7 p.m. and 8 p.m., Can We Know the Future and Signs of the Times. So that's at Georgia's on the Park, KGV Oval, 1A Anfield Street, Glenorchy. Wherever you are, have a great day. It's uh, a great day to be alive. This is Don't Forget His Love by Ellie Holcomb. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise the Lord, O my soul, don't forget His love, who forgives all of your sins.
Praise the Lord.